So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at G Media ATL. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are also on Instagram. Our handle is the underscore Botanica Podcast. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica. We have a lot to share. There's another podcast I want to tell you guys about. It's called The Barber and the Bartender. There's a barber, there's a bartender, and they talk about pop culture, sports, music. And of course, because one of them's a bartender, there's going to be a drink of the day and he'll give you a little history on different libations. So uh, tune into The Barber and the Bartender on Spotify, Apple Podcast. They're on Facebook. Here's the trailer for their podcast. Come to my chair, you catch a fade or get a taste. This shit gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm-mm. But it tastes good today. It's gonna hurt right now. I'm at the bar mixing up drinks and conversation. Yeah, no, I'm just a part-time dirt bag. Don't do that. You're a superstar. Yeah, we the ones you talk to and we your favorite. I'm a barber. You know what I'm saying? Niggas got, their, niggas put, they got their permanent hair, I know. You know what I'm saying? I just said that's I, my I, hero. You gonna hold him on the perm? First of all, niggas that have nappy hair, put permanent <laughs> hair, have baby hair. It's the barber and the bartender, the best podcast in the nation. Man, I have more. Hey, hey, get done. Get done. Get done. Cheers. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg, and we're back with another throwback episode for this week. We're going all the way back to episode 19, Puppets Can't Talk, in which we discuss the Millie Vanilli scandal, in which, of course, for those who don't know, they had a couple of number one hits back in the early 90s, maybe 1989, 1990. And it turns out they didn't sing a single note on their album and they won best new artist at the Grammys. And for the first and only time in Grammy history, an award was revoked. So we talked a little bit about that. And with the upcoming documentary about Millie Vanilli, we'll definitely be having an episode about that, hopefully sooner than later, of course. So please enjoy this episode, episode 19, Puppets Can't Talk. And we'll be back with a new episode very soon. Peace. So our um, topic for this show is a pop music tragedy. That is that is very apt. <clears throat> I, that is so good. <laughs> 
it's a, it's a definitely a pop music tragedy. Um, you know, of course we're talking about Millie Vanilli, uh, pop R and B new Jack swing, um, pop rap duo. Uh, well, that's how it was supposed to look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to look like that. Uh, they, they had the, the look and, the group was founded by Frank Farian in 1988. Two members, Fab Morvan, Rob Pilatus. Um, Frank Farian, I think to to look at the story of Millie Vanilli, it started with him. Yeah. This was his idea. Mm-hmm. So you have to go back to, you know, um, <coughs> you have to go back and look at his history leading up to this. So he's a producer from Germany and he's best known as the uh, he was the voice of, you know, now that I think about it, he's done this before, technically. Really? <laughs> if people know the story of Millie Vanilli, we'll get into it, but yeah. he's done this before. So just to, before we get to a, an overview of Millie Vanilli, just to um, kind of look at Frank Farian, the producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the voice. You remember Boney M? I know they're from the 70s, but have you heard of the name? I'm Boney not familiar M? with it. What did they do? What's one of their songs? Uh... Let's find something by Boney M. They're like a, would they, are, would they be considered post-disco? Disco, a disco group. <laughs> They'll be considered disco. So Boney M, um, let's see. They have a song called Daddy Cool. We'll play that one first. They have a Christmas song in here, but that's, uh, yeah, we won't play that one. Not, not, not right now, at least. <laughs> this is Daddy Cool by Boney M. She's crazy like a fool. What about Daddy Cool? I don't think I've heard this. Another song I was trying to find by them. It was kind of their first. Their first. Uh, this is kind of catchy though. This kind of sounds disco esque. I mean, it is with, because with the strings and it is disco. Are they out of? You said they're out of Germany. Yeah. Okay, this is the song that like one of their first hits. It's called "Baby, Do You Want to Bump." You want to bump? They're kind of. I think the idea was to they're gonna make these disco songs that are kind of nonsensical a little yeah. bit, and then have a certain image. Like, uh, he's the voice. Frank Farian is the voice of Boney M. But when they performed on shows or whatever, there was this guy trying to see what what his name is Bobby Farrell yeah Bobby Bobby Farrell no not okay Bobby <laughs> okay never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay so what am I thinking of oh, yeah. Bobby Farrell was the face of Boney M like he would he would lip sync and all that but it mm-hmm. wasn't him singing so basically with the he had the success of Boney M in a way yeah and they had these vocalists I guess 
but they were um, they had a lot of different vocals. But maybe they maybe the the people you saw maybe they were backup singers. Yeah. Maybe they weren't. But you just never knew. Yeah. That, and he did that. I, okay, so I'm reading here. Yeah, he just did it in a voice, in a deep voice. Yeah, that that it's his it's his voice on there, but because you know, uh, this is kind of the beginning. I mean, could you? We'll we'll get into it. Like, could you blame something like MTV to where you got to have a certain image? Yeah. To to be successful in music, but you know that was kind of the beginning of of how <laughs> Millie Vanilli was actually formed so yeah and now so now and you know talking about that you can see how he was like eh, did it before <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know basically this is par for the part of the course for him you know yeah um so uh well Ben do you want to do like the, an overview of, of Millie Vanilli or yeah do we go into it well we can both do it so I mean like you know they were <clears throat> excuse me um, Robin Fab, of course, <laughs> and it's funny because like they went on to actually be Robin Fab later. Um, um, R and B duo, well R and B New Jack Swing kind of rap or whatever. I mean, there's some rapping in there. Duo from Germany, um, basically were given an advance by Frank Farian. Um, they said they mostly just kind of what spent it on like clothing stuff like that, and then he came back to them. Um, uh, sometime later, and and told them that they had to perform, um, that they had to lip sync this music, and you know, they I think they said they felt like they were trapped or something like that. But, um, yeah. So, uh, where else could we go with that? Um, well, they're they're from these were two guys from, uh, they're from Germany. Yeah, they were trying to make it as musicians, as well, singers, singers or dancers, um. They were just trying to make it, yeah. <laughs> basically. Uh, reading about uh, Fabrice Morvan, Fab. That's, a, that's what it's, I, I never knew what the names were um, short for. Yeah, Fab is short for Fabrice. That's tragic. Um, okay. That's okay, though, Fabrice. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of Fabrice, but never mind. So, um, um, yeah, uh, Frank Farian discovered them in... Uh, in Munich. Yeah. And they were, they were, you know, they were friends and they would go out to nightclubs and that's where they got discovered. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Frank Farian got, had a name for them. The song, like their first, the, one of their big songs, girl, you know, it's true was already recorded, but he needed a, he, Frank Farian needed a face. face. Yeah. And the, the people who did record it were not candidates to be the face. No. Because they were old, they were older gentlemen, if I remember correctly. Right. Okay. And they were brought into, um, because they lacked the marketable image. He brings these guys in to be the face, mm-hmm. and they uh, they made this album, and the, the rest, rest is, is history. history. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so what do we wanted to look into? was kind of get into um kind of get into what what happened and yeah really like what because i mean happened? they were big <laughs> yeah. they were you know they're they're the two main singles everyone knows is girl you know it's true and blame it on the rain yeah um, uh uh girl you know it's true was like their first single um 
Blame It on the Rain, Baby Don't Forget My Number, mm. and Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You were all Girl, number one. <laughs> they, those were all number one yeah. songs. Um, Actually, a, a co-writer, is, is this who I think it is? Kevin Lyles, who um, may ha- you may remember from it was either from the show I Want to Work for Diddy or Making the Band. I knew. Okay. I knew I recognized that name. Okay. <laughs> he was a co-writer of that song. Yeah. I knew. I re- okay. <laughs> uh, and Blame It on the Rain was written by Diane Warren. She didn't know. She wasn't, <laughs> she wasn't a part of this. She wasn't a part of she this. She handed in the lyrics and the and the sheet music. That was or if it. she was, she was like, <laughs> I want no part of this. <laughs> Uh, so the song, well, the album, the album sold 7 million copies Mm -hmm. and it is the largest selling album to be out of print. And well, I mean, I imagine they're embarrassed, you know, (laughs) um, it was released on Arista. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Clive Davis was, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if (laughs) if he had a working relationship with Frank Ferry and then just trusted him to, um, you know, to do right by him. But I mean, this was in the 80s. So this was back when when I imagine um, Clive Davis was actually pretty involved with the goings on. So, yeah, um, he was he made some decisions as far as the U.S. release because it was was released first in Europe Mm -hmm. uh, under the title All or Nothing. And then when I guess Arista picked up, have an opportunity to release it, they rearranged the track order and um, Clive Davis. Uh, well, that was his decision to rearrange the track order, but I don't think that's a big deal as far as track order goes. Nah. But. Um, yeah, uh, so I think, girl, you know, it's true is the song that everybody knows at the top of their head. But that was yeah. it wasn't a number one song, but that's the song that everyone knows. Yeah. I think it became such a big deal because, OK, you have these two guys. They're dancers and rappers mm-hmm. kind of at the end of the time where it was OK for rappers to be dancing. <laughs> yeah, they're only like a handful of dancing rappers that they're everywhere. Like, OK, you got Hammer, yeah. uh, Vanilla Ice. Uh, that's all I can think of. Dick. Big Daddy, Big Daddy Kane yeah. made it cool a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Heavy D. Yeah, for some reason, I don't <laughs> was like, did Kumo D dance? But Kumo D did not dance. No. Yeah. Not not to where he had backup dancers. No. I'm talking about rappers that had backup dancers. So that's Heavy D, yeah. Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Um, the boys were Hammer. his. Heavy D and the boys. The boys were his backup dancers, right? Yeah. Uh, and but the they singers? were also, I think they were, yeah, they were like backup singers. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Big Daddy King like got down like he, yeah he made <laughs> like I watched the unsung and he actually wasn't a very good dancer but he mm-hmm. just worked hard at it <laughs> so it looked cool <laughs> it, it, I always, came, it, it, came, it looked good but he had to work hard to to make it look good um, and uh, there was Hammer and the only other person I could think of was like um, Father MC. Oh man! Who introduced us to Jodeci and Mary J. Blige? Father MC. <laughs> but they were the Millie Vanilli were the 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 pop rappiest yeah dancers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and 
because of like merging those two, you know, and having a the with new the new Jack Swing sound being popular. Yeah. They just blew up, man. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um Well, I mean, it was yeah. the the songs were good and they were two good-looking guys, which is like kind of what um I mean, if you think about it, almost kind of like the underlying theme here. Um you just needed a, a catchy song and two good looking people to sell it. Um, yeah. And that's what they had. I mean, like looking at them, well, I guess what they said on Boondocks, pause. They're not bad looking dudes. Pause. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. You know it's true. I'm not going to lie. I was jamming out to this at work. Because <laughs> um, it's a catchy song, you know? And it makes me think of when I was younger. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it is, it is, it's, it's catchy. Um, and it was kind of a new sound at yeah. the time. Of it was 88, you said, who said it was released? Uh, Recorded in 88, released in 89. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and which is funny to me that yeah. they couldn't do this, you know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, the '80s were the we talked about the '80s were the decade of decadence and image, yeah. and I mean, it was the decade that saw Chris Cross, uh, Christopher Cross, an incredibly talented writer, um, go from being a superstar, you know, sweeping the Grammys and winning all these awards, having a, a huge album. To basically being nothing, completely falling off the map. Yeah, he still made music. No one was buying it. No though. one cared though. Why? Because he was they saw what he looked like. <laughs> He's not skinny and pretty. Like so that you know, and and you know the the guys that I, th- I remember the VH1 behind the music episode. Like there were older dudes that were recording their vocals. Like it was. Yeah. Can't put them on TV. You know. <laughs> they had Jerry curls and big yeah. sunglasses. Yeah, but, huge sunglasses. And they were and they were little. They were a little older. You know, I I don't know what the all right, look, put like this: they were, they might have been younger than what Jay Z is now, but they're probably considered too old to be rapping. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like you look at it, and it makes you kind of think, like, you know, can you really trust the music industry <laughs> if they're willing to do that? Because, I mean, like, well, I think like it it would. Sometimes I wonder, like, if it could be done now, mm-hmm. rather than, uh. Like, could this same thing happen again? Yeah. I, in some ways, I feel like it could. Oh, definitely. I think it could. In some ways, I think it couldn't. But only only because, like, okay, we think it could because the way that uh, vocals can be manipulated to yeah. sound better because of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, you know, the, there was the infamous incident where the, the tape skipped during the live show. Yeah. We have CDs now, or we have... You know, digital tracks that would mm-hmm. that could cover that up. We wouldn't yeah. have anything skipping. We're not playing it on a cassette anymore. Mm-hmm. The way that I think it couldn't happen is if, uh, you know, okay, there was an incident where I, uh, it'll, it'll bring sports into this, to this a little bit with Cam Newton being suspended for the first series that a couple of weeks ago yeah. or last week. Yeah, and um, and uh. You know, so people say it was over necktie, but it might have been over him being at a 
him and his, some teammates being at a strip club mm-hmm. and they shouldn't have been or something. And no one would have known that he and some teammates were at a strip club, but someone posted it on Leaked Snapchat. It, yeah. Someone just like, you know, creeping. Yeah. I think because of something like that, someone would have caught um, Rob and or Fab, you know, mm-hmm. uh, trying to rap the, the <laughs> lyrics just for fun. And like, that doesn't sound like the mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like the song. Or if they made some appearance, <laughs> they would have recognized their act. Well, I think everyone knew they had an accent, but they actually didn't do a lot of interviews because okay. yeah, someone okay, would have yeah, put yeah. that together. Yeah. But there probably would have been more interviews, more cameras in their face. More social media, yeah. greater access to the artists nowadays. Yeah. And someone may have, then someone would put it together. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel in some ways it might not have worked, but yeah. I don't think it would have. It wouldn't have stopped anybody from trying to repeat something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard rumors. Now that I think about this, I hadn't even thought about this. I heard um, a friend of mine. Um, he knew someone in the music industry who said there are certain bands that don't play their instruments. Like they don't record their instruments. They might play them live, but they won't. They won't record it. So I mean, like to a degree. I well, mean, I I've wonder heard if that happening. about. Um, in some cases, like Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. With the first food, with the first two well, yeah, Foo Fighters it. albums, <laughs> him. he played everything. Yeah, but I think everyone knew that. Yeah, I think I think the rest of the band plays now <laughs> on the, the subsequent so. recordings. I've heard that he still writes all the drum parts, though. But I think Taylor Hawkins that, okay with that's, that. Well, that's what that's what Grohl is probably at heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a he's drummer. A drummer. So. Um, and I think uh, like with Lenny Kravitz. He has a backing band, but mm-hmm. on all his albums, I believe he plays all the parts. Yeah. So, but these are some like people can get away with that. Like I was told, he was saying, like you know, with like a band like a Newfound Glory, like you know, of course we assume they play on the record, and he was like, they just hire studio musicians to come in and play it <laughs> in the studio, and then they go out and play it live, and that's why you never get the same. Which actually, Newfound Glory actually sounds pretty good live, but. Listen, that's why a lot of these bands don't sound very good live because they're not actually recording it. They can't really play. I think he said Fall Out Boy at one point, which I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't even think Pete Lynch can play bass. <laughs> I don't think so he what can. Else, what, so you think someone else at least played bass? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like he's playing these intricate bass parts anyway, but like, I mean, from the way he holds it, from the way, yeah, I just didn't look like he's playing bass. So, yeah. But, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see someone try to pull this off today um, with as, as much, like you mentioned, as much access as we have to celebrities now with social media with, um, and then with as intrusive, even more intrusive as the media has, has become. I don't think an artist this big that, you know, sells 7 million records has multiple number one albums. I mean, hit songs. They couldn't get away with not doing interviews. Like there'd just be this insatiable, like they'd be stalked day and night by the, by the media. Who are you? We got to know who you are. Like, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. Um, or yeah, I could see it being done with, um, but I don't know, with producers. So like you have like, you know, the chain smokers and you have, um, the chain smokers. I can't think of others right now, but uh, disclosure, disclosure, or even like a Kelvin Harris. Yeah. I could see it happening with somebody like they're like, all right, you're a good looking person, 
the person who's the producer, not so much. He's really talented, but he's not good looking. You're going to be the face. And you're going to pretend like, you know, you're going to basically, because I mean, honestly, when you perform, what, you just hit a button? I watched a video <laughs> of, I mean, and that's not, that's no offense to producers and DJs. That's not no offense, but I did see a video of the Chainsmokers performing with Halsey, um, clo- performing closer. And I mean, for all I know, like they, the, that could, they could have been just the face. Like they, they didn't do anything special. Like one of them got from behind the laptop and grabbed a mic and started kind of singing and you know, like maybe they had nothing to do with the track. So I don't know. Okay, Well, I, you can't really say that about disclosure because when they play live, yes, yeah, someone is uh, one guy is DJing or mm-hmm. he, he has the his his synths in mm-hmm. his computer <laughs> and the other guy is playing, even though it's uh, he's playing drums. It's yeah. not like like real drums, but it's a, it's a drum machine. Yeah. He has, you know, has the pads and everything. Mm-hmm. So he's playing that live. Yeah. So there are still like, there are live elements there. So yeah. they can, uh, kind of put that to rest. Yeah. <laughs> I really closure. Anything. I mean, don't like, I think a better example, probably better than, uh, than chain smokers. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast is David Guetta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I don't know if I don't know if uh, DJ Scott Milker posted this video or someone else did, but when David Guetta performed, I think it was for the, um, not the World Cup, but it was like the Euro Cup or mm-hmm. something like that as far as um, soccer tournament, and he was like the opening for the opening ceremonies or whatever. Yeah, he was playing a song and he was turning some knobs mm-hmm. while the song was playing. <laughs> someone with the someone was doing the commentary for it. It's like watch me press this oh button. God. <laughs> I'm going to take off my headphones. Oh All right, I'm going to put them back on. I'm going to do something now. Here comes the drop, you know. <laughs> so. I could totally see that happening. Like, just get like, I mean, honestly, like with this popular as like these DJs are nowadays, like just find two good looking people and then find someone who's really talented. Might not be as good looking, you know, make me some really killer tracks and the two good looking people are going to be the face of it. They're going to be the, um, not the chain smokers, but they're going to be like, you know, the the drinkers, the Jack drinkers, <laughs> the whiskey drinkers or something. The, the I was going to say something. There was a band called the Vapors, so probably oh. just the vapes. The whiskey heads. I don't know. And like just they go out there and they they sing with, you know, with Ellie Goulding. That's who they'll do a song with, Ellie Goulding. And yeah. Yeah, it, I think it, it would probably be harder <laughs> to pull off in pop music because I think those the they have to be the most accessible mm-hmm. uh, just be with based on social media presence and, and all that uh, because, because it's pop that makes it popular. So uh, people are going to be paying a close attention to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in a way it does happen in hip hop. Someone's always being ghost accused writing. of having a ghostwriter. Yeah. Always. And then we find out who the ghostwriter is, but they're never on any, major networks or publications they end up Mm-mm. being on like vlad tv yeah <laughs> or bossip oh bossip <laughs> i don't like that site so you know that's a you know when if someone who claims to be drake's ghostwriter tries to expose him mm-hmm. or yeah i saw i saw drake get his chain snatched or, or something like that but then it'll be labeled as you know drake ghostwriter uh saw drake get robbed if it's yeah. a, it was, you know something like that um, 
I'm just mentioning Drake because someone has accused him. Accused him of Didn't Meek Mill do it? Meek Mill, yeah. And he destroyed him. <laughs> but were those Drake's own words or did he have ghostwriters? He claims they're freestyles. That so. is, man, that is some hip-hop inception right there. If if he's accused of having a ghostwriter and then use a ghostwriter. Ghost he turns to his ghostwriter like, can you believe this? Give me something to get this man with. Like, <laughs> um. But yeah, someone's always claiming that some rapper has a ghostwriter and there are rappers to where you look at and they're like, this is all about image. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not that they have to be particularly good looking, but they have to look like they have some kind of, they have to have some, have some charisma, mm-hmm. have some kind of personality. Shit, what if Drake is the new Millie Vanilli? Like what if he, <laughs> we've been fooled? Yeah. I mean, but but even, but not even with someone like Drake. It could be someone like Lil Yachty. Ugh. Someone like found him and saw he had red braids. Ugh. God, <laughs> and he could keep a beat. Basically, can he rap? I don't know, but you know, we might see if he can, and then and then we'll fix it. They couldn't get a better <laughs> ghostwriter for like a better. It doesn't. Mumble rap is so popular; it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hashtag Twenty One Savage. Like that's that. Have you have you listened to Twenty One Savage? No. Don't. He's talking. Like what we're doing right now is what his rap sound like. The only thing I've seen is, uh, I think it was I think it was Vlad TV interviewing him. It's like uh, the cross on your face. What does that symbolize? It's a knife. It's a job stopper. That's a, <laughs> thank God he can rap. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, but um, before we go too far off, but yeah. um, one thing that we also talked about was just in addition to talking about the way that this really represents how the 80s was about image. And I mean, like, granted, music is really about image now. Like, it was, this was when the whole image thing really, really kind of started in the 80s. Was 84 when MTV? 81. 81, MTV my bad. 81. I'm thinking of something else. 81. Um, the music industry was never the same. Like you had to look good to sell records after that. It had to have an image. Not even just with MTV, but just with the making of music videos mm-hmm. starting in the late seventies. Yeah. To uh that's a way that we can market we can market ourselves. This was the artists doing it themselves. Like yeah. we can market ourselves by making these short films and mm-hmm. maybe they'll get played somewhere. I mean, they're eventually MTV became the the channel to where the outlet all of these are played. But in other cases, it was played on TV in some cases, or um, I think I was watching, and I think I was telling you about when I was watching these, uh, BBC had a documentary about Top of the Pops. They've been like the story of this year, what happened this year. Mm -hmm. And in one of the years, they were talking about how Top of the Pops started playing music videos. They were, you know, for people who are not familiar with Top of the Pops, it's like American Bandstand, Soul Train, but in the UK. And what they started doing was... Um, and if they're not having the musical performances in which most, if not all the people <laughs> lip synced, yeah, they lip sync, but that was because, you know, we're not trying to, it's have, a production. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 this it's is not, just to, it's not art, for it's everyone just a to production. be seen. Yeah. We like your song. We know you did it. Okay. <laughs> but you know, we don't, we don't have all these, we don't have all these, uh, outlets for all these cables and mm-hmm. for all these keyboards that instruments are all playing. But instead of having the live performance, oh yeah, Soul Train and American Manson did that too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, 
if they couldn't get the performer to play on the set yeah, for the show, the they would show their video. Okay. And then that would, since they have like a chart, like a top 20 or something like that, they would try to play as many of the top 20s as they could mm. of that top 20. But if they had a chance to show a video, they would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then that became how bands, um, the, the synth pop bands during that time, like somebody like Human League or Depeche Mode mm-hmm. or Duran Duran, that's like, let's make a music video to get shown on top of the pops. And then they'll invite us to perform on the show, you know, something like that. So the image became more important. Um, and, uh, and that's how they were being marketed not just with being on TV and maybe they get a magazine cover. Yeah. We have these different ways of marketing ourselves to where you may like us visually. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like us visually only great, but if you like our music too, that's even, even better. better. Yeah. And um, with the, with MTV coming on, you know, the, you you got to look good. You got to have an mm-hmm. image for this to work. Yeah. Um. You know, like we said, like y'all look up Christopher Cross. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> not the best looking dude, but his music's really look, good. Look him, look him up when his music was popular. Yeah. Okay, and see what he looked like. He looked like, he looked like he like, like a bad dude. high school like yearbook picture. Like he just <laughs> he looked like uh he was a high school football coach that taught history. <laughs> Wearing an Earl Campbell jersey. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> uh, you know, like his music may have been good, but that's because you know the music was being played on the radio. Mm-hmm. We weren't talking about music videos then, but then we're trying to come out with that next album, doing it the same way. He had some more good songs on it, some more popular songs on it, mm-hmm. but then he had to make music videos to keep this going. And it's like we don't want to look at you, <laughs> you know. And you could, you could, um, I don't know if we've mentioned this before in the podcast, but we may have talked about it sometime to where there were bands who were popular in the seventies. They're still making music in the Mm eighties, but they were just being played on the radio in the seventies. And now they got to make music videos. So now you got, uh, 38 special. Yeah. Listen, 38 special, like (laughs) hold on loosely. And I can remember that song they came out with in the eighties, but it was, was it a second chance? Yes. Yes. And listen to those two. One, they sound very, very different. different. Very different. And then what they may have looked like in the video. I haven't even seen the video, but I have a feeling I, I didn't know, know there was a video. What they were made to look like. Oh, probably. <laughs> probably play off the stereotype of the of the Southern rock band, I imagine. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's I didn't know there was a video for that song. But yeah, that was very different. Or you could look at um, Heart. Yep. Heart's, oh God, Heart's sound changed huge. And the their 80s. look too. And yeah. then um, the lead singer. Ann Wilson is the lead singer. Ann or Nancy, I can't remember. Um, I think Ann because Nancy played guitar, I believe. Yeah. yeah. The the lead singer, she she gained some weight and that mm-hmm. became an issue. Yeah. Uh, you could also look at like uh there was another band I was thinking about. because um, they were on that show Bands Reunited. Romeo Void. I don't think I know them. Um uh, they were like they kind of I think they kind of had like an REM feel, but they're in California. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but the lead singer is a heavy set woman. Oh, and while their music was, it sounded really 
unique. You know, mm-hmm. it was punk and with spoken word, and they had a saxophone. It was kind of like ska and punk. Okay. Um, put together, they had their own sound, which was good, but though everyone was so concerned about how the lead singer looks, yeah, that they what? tried to get her fired, or they tried, you know, they tried to replace her, and then they eventually broke up. Well, it can be even worse for women. Oh yeah, because like I mean, like let's be real, Smash Mouth. Greg Camp's a big dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, well, I guess I don't know. Maybe we've become more accepting. But like, yeah, like I can only imagine back there, and they're like, Mm-mm, "Lady, he gave, no." He gave Guy Fieri his look. Yeah, he kind of did. It. Yeah, <laughs> the the douchebag bowling shirt <laughs> with the spiky blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, like, if you really think about it, when, with Millie Vanilli. Um, you play off of the fact that, you know, you're recognizing, of course, you know, Frank Frank, he'd done this before. Um, and then just recognizing. And because in the 70s, yeah, he had done it before. No one was really looking for it. Mm-mm. So there's no one really cares. No one no. would care now that he that he did it then. Yeah. Um, Millie Vanilli was like that perfect, like two really good looking dudes. Like almost no work had to. I mean, like maybe. Uh, they could dance already, so you didn't really have to teach them how to dance or anything. But it's, it's just like, it was almost like the perfect storm. Like the perfect, like, you know, um, you want, it, it was the it was the era where you wanted, like, the best looking people. And it's like, you know, yeah, people acted outraged, but were they really? I mean, like. Well, the thing is, I think with that, as far as the outrage goes, like, okay. For people who didn't like Millie Vanilli mm-hmm. because of their music, like, okay, your music sucks. <laughs> Uh, your bars are whack. Yeah. <laughs> um, these dance moves look stupid. Mm-hmm. People were still buying it. Exactly. You know, like it was kind of like, okay, yeah, you suck, and you know, whatever. But at least it's you doing it. Yeah. You know, so there was still that. I think there was still that at least that respect at that point to mm-hmm. where, yeah, they're making this music and it's stupid, but. You don't you don't think it's not actually their voices? Yeah, you think you know no, that never really crosses anybody's mind. I think that's where the outrage comes in. Like it's not even you. Like you, <laughs> it's not even you doing it. It's somebody else's voices. Like y'all are just a face out here. Yeah, that's what we, I think. That would get people even more upset if you don't like them because you think their music sucks. That's one thing, but if there are if it's not even them, yeah. <laughs> if you're just an image put out there, and I'd almost, yeah. you know, talk to the American public and be like, "Well, you you kind of did this, like for every artist that you didn't support because of their image." Um, and some people would be like, "Well, it's the record companies." Well, the record companies are only reacting to what you do. You know, when we put the guy on there who didn't look all that attractive, you didn't buy their records. So when they put their they they put money behind the artist making this grand music video yeah. to where the artist is going to look their absolute best you bought that record you bought that you bought the hell out of that record <laughs> because of that video that you saw yeah not so, necessarily because you like the song mm-hmm. like the song might have less artistic merit than the other one that you like you know so they're going to look at you know they're they're just, all they're doing is looking at your trends they're businessmen they're business people, and they're only going to make they're going to make business decisions. If we're going to get these five good looking boys from Boston, exactly, we're going to make dolls. We're going to make T shirts uh-huh. and posters and lunch boxes and cartoons. Exactly, they got to be <laughs> good you looking. Like how they look can't be. Know? It can't be just like you know five dudes from the backwoods of Mississippi. You, well, I, 
I guess maybe it could be. It could be a country band. But it can't. <laughs> <laughs> but like it just can't be like, you know, five average looking guys. You know, it, right. it's got to be, you know, if we're going to put them on TV and make all this money that we want to make. And so like you speak with your wallet, so to speak, you know. And um, America spoke with their wallets for Millie Vanilli to the tune of seven million records and, and number one hit songs. Yeah. Um, so to get back to like with their with their story in particular, yeah. um, the story of that Beth McCarthy Miller, who's an executive with MTV. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like they didn't do a whole lot of interviews because of their accents. Yeah. Which were very thick. Yeah. Thick German accents. And when they did their first interview, there were some doubts then mm-hmm. whether they'd actually sung on the records. Um uh, and then there was the incident at the, it was an MTV live concert mm-hmm. to where the tape skipped. <laughs> and they, I think they almost got away with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean at least it was, Brown if, said no if, one cared. You know? Yeah. If, if, at least it was like, girl, you know, it's girl, you know, it's rather than good, 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 It skipped at the right, it skipped at the, at the perfect point, you know, um, and uh, uh, Rob Pilatus run, ran off stage and downtown Julie Brown stated that fans attending the concert didn't even notice or didn't even care yeah. that anything weird had happened. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> um, Rob Pilatus said, uh, called himself the new Elvis. What was that, man? What? See, this was also a time to where you didn't you you didn't really okay. If you were making music, fine, but don't compare yourselves yeah. to certain people. There's don't a, do the Terrence Trent Darby. There's a class of people. There's a group of people you don't compare yourselves to. You don't compare yourselves to uh, Elvis. Mm-mm. You don't compare yourself to the Beatles. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You don't say your your album is going to be better than anything made by the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or Bob Dylan. No matter how good you feel it is, yeah. don't you, say if it. If you think it's good, you can say, oh, I think this is this the best album I've made. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is going to be better than Sgt. Pepper's. Whoa. Wait, like, uh, say what? Hold, uh, excuse me, <laughs> sir, ma'am. <laughs> Have a seat. <laughs> You just don't do. I think that's still a rule now. You still don't do that. No. <laughs> you know, you can say your album's going to be better than the last one you made, <laughs> but you do not say that your album is better than any of those. Why? I I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know what's really on Sgt. Pepper's that makes it so great. But some would say Sgt. Pepper's supposed to compare anything to Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that could be an episode one day. I might get a lot of hate mail. Just how I feel that the Beatles were. I, and I've kind of come around. I still think they're the most overrated band musicianship wise. Like I think they're very overrated. I only kind of kind of think they're a little overrated now as writers, but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So keep that in mind, everyone. Ben uh, thinks the Beatles are overrated mm-hmm. in a lot of aspects, and he has uh, total disdain for Beyonce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, He's not limited in his hate. Anyway. <laughs> hate, hate, hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was interesting is that uh, after that happened, I remember with the uh, watch behind the music, I was trying to find it online. Mm-hmm. Could not find a, the full episode. Of I'm surprised I haven't put those on like Blu-ray or something. We each one know. get on this. <laughs> but uh, 
I think like at the point after the, the live concert incident, mm-hmm. no one, no one really said anything and they felt that things were kind of come crashing down and then they were nominated for best new artist. Mm-hmm. And then I think one of them was like, okay, as long as we don't win the Grammy, yeah. as long as you don't win the Grammy. And then they gave us the damn Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think they, they knew it was, it was falling apart mm-hmm. and you know, the next album is being recorded and they really wanted to sing on the second album. And they just, they pushed for it. They pushed really hard for it yeah. to the point where Frank Farron is like, you know what? I'm just going to blow this whole thing open. Yeah. So he was the one that actually exposed uh, the truth about what had happened. Yeah. Um. So he confirmed to the press about it. And what I was reading um, also is that beforehand someone tried to expose it. It was one of the guys from the real Millie Vanilli. He said that the guys didn't sing on that album. And he, he spoke to a New York reporter mm-hmm. and it was, and then he had to backtrack on it saying that he was just trying to get some press for his own album. I don't even know who this guy <laughs> is, but he was trying to get press for his own album. So that caught that calmed that part down. Yeah. But just because they they push to be legit, uh, well, the puppet can't talk. Everything, <laughs> yeah. Puppet That's can't. the name of the episode. The yeah, puppet can't, can't talk. talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what was interesting is that you know, even though this was a huge scandal, and they're the first and only artist to have their Grammy award revoked. Um, what was interesting is that. You know, uh, I posted the clip on Instagram about the, I think it's the president of the voting or president or something with the Grammys or with mm-hmm. the National Academy. He said that, yeah, the people who who vote this award, maybe they'll go back and they'll give it to the second runner up mm-hmm. or they'll give it to no one. Uh, the other nominees in that category didn't want it. They didn't want the award. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um and the Grammys tried to uh, back up their reasons for giving them the award is because of their visual impact. Hmm. How ironic is that? Yeah. <laughs> the visual impact of Millie Vanilli mm. rather than, you know, the musical, the musical part, which yeah. is what it's an award for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so they should have just let them keep it. Yeah. I mean, well, Millie Vanilli, they, 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 they tried to give it back. Yeah. They technically they gave it back, but I think if they haven't if they didn't try to give it back, the Grammys probably would have let them keep it. <laughs> if no one's gonna take it. They kept their American Music Awards, so you know, yeah, They didn't even try to take those back. <laughs> um Yeah, like and what's weird is that as big as a scandal as it was it wasn't the last time something like this happened. No. And we, yeah. It's just, we were talking about what the, uh, you said the group black box, the group black box and CNC music factory mm-hmm. using Martha Wash's voice to, um, for their songs for, um, I'll play, um, black box real quick yeah. just to give everybody an idea. This is Martha Wash's voice, Martha Wash from, um, 
the weather girls mm-hmm. it's raining men uh the light-skinned one if anyone wants to get more specific <laughs> <The light-skinned one. laughs> she was the light-skinned one of the group um but she uh she sang this song well we'll get to it but um I think they just stole a cameo sample right there. That's yeah. Blackman right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but they um, they used her voice, and when they made the videos, they have this this model. Yeah, I forget her name. Um, it was Katrina. Katrina yeah, something. Mm-hmm, that's right. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's that's her there. Uh, but Katrina Katrina Canal a French model lip syncing mm-hmm. the lyrics and it was as if she was the lead singer because yeah. he was in all the videos and all that Yeah, and so Martha Wash had to sue to get credit to get vocal credit for those songs mm-hmm. and then she sang um, We're Gonna Make You Sweat Gonna Make You Sweat <clears throat> CNC Music Factory she sang on that one too but she also had to she didn't get credit for that and there's another song by a group called Seduction I think they were one of those freestyle groups, Latin freestyle groups. But she sang on that one and got uh, did not get credit for lead vocals on that. So she had to sue to get credit for her voice. I mean, that's that sounds insane. Yeah. So it's it's funny that you <clears throat> like. What did they expect her to do if she sees somebody else pretending to be her? Yeah. You know. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Um, <clears throat> it made me think about now when we talked about the music video to um, this song and how they used the model. Um, have you ever seen the video to Run Around by Blues Traveler? Yes. That's a parody of that sort of thing. Like, yeah. he, I just thought about that. Like, <laughs> I wonder if they ever experimented with that. That's I just I was thinking about that, though. Like, that's very interesting um, that they would just put a model in there. Think they could pass off the model with a voice like that. I'm like, let's be honest. Like, would you expect the voice like that to come out of her? I just. <laughs> and doing it with Katrine Canal, and I'm seeing the other name, Zelma Davis, for CNC Music Factory. Mm-hmm. Like, real? You think she really sounds like that? <laughs> and that's like, the really? that's the funny thing. Yeah, there was another black box song where they used Katrine Canal. Um, and they had a song called "Right on Time," mm-hmm. and. The song itself is like it the the vocal is kind of a like a stutter. Yeah. Like it's not I'll I'll play that song. We're playing more <laughs> black box than Millie Vanilli, but you'll you'll there's a reason for all this, okay? Okay, it's gonna come in in a second. I saw a uh Loletta or Lolita Holloway, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's going to come up in a second, but there's so, like I saw a video of like the song being performed live, mm-hmm. but it was just the track itself. But this model pretending to be the lead singer, mm-hmm. she's actually like singing the, that particular vocal part. And like, we know that's not <laughs> studio made. <laughs> no, it's stu- we know that part is studio. But like, it's physically impossible <laughs> to do that. Like, wh- why? Yeah, why? Um, it will come up eventually. This part. <laughs> oh, God. 
she's lip is lip syncing that part mm. in a live performance. Like, come on, man. Like, they probably told her. She had a monster <laughs> voice, though. <laughs> so, like, come on, man. Um. So yeah, there's a it's a it's on YouTube. Search the song "Ride on Time." <laughs> That's the word "ride" R I D E. And on time by Black Box, and you'll see a live performance of it. And it, like, why? Why? Why does? Why, why is it? Why is that happening? They're like lip sync all of it. Yes, lip sync all, <laughs> all of it. Of yes, it. all of it. But but there's like a an effect here. It goes like, just all it. of it. They'll believe it. <laughs> They'll believe what we tell them. You know, which um, is kind of yeah. what you know. I'm sure that they thought like yeah they'll. Yeah, they'll believe what we tell them, but they speak with thick German accents. They'll believe what we tell them. Like <laughs> if we put them in front of them and make it look convincing, and yeah. So, uh, I think CNC Music Factory they made they made amends. At least they yeah know, they they really tried to make amends with Martha Martha Wash at least uh, on their next album. Um, they had a song called "Do You Want to Get Funky" or "Want to Get Funky with Me" or something like that. Yeah. Uh, to where Martha Wash is on the song and in the video. Yeah. <laughs> so so <clears throat> they made it up to her. Yeah. Um, but it's just it was one of those just one of those instances to where image is so important in the music but, industry, yeah. You know, you know, at least you're gonna find some people who will at least try to do right by they'll try to do right by the artists. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then you end up having um, you may have some instances to where maybe this particular, you know, like you were saying, it, it's hard for women. Yeah. You may have this woman who's not particularly good looking mm-hmm. enough. And so she ends up being a songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I think artists. Megan Trainer was for a while. Yeah. Until she, I feel like she forced her way. But I mean, she made fun of the fact that she wasn't good looking in her song, her first single. But then, <laughs> then, like, it's still part of that still happens to her because there was a video that she had to where she noticed she had been photoshopped to look skinnier mm-hmm. and then um i don't know if this record company or whoever posted the, the video had to take it down and then re-release it with it not being so heavily edited and yeah. photoshopped so it still happens this kind yeah. of stuff still happens today you know just in just in different ways as far as vocally you're not going to. Uh, I mean, you're going to see claims of, of ghostwriting, mm-hmm. probably more in hip hop rather than in pop music. Because everyone knows who writes um, in pop music. You know, yeah, we we know who the writers are. Because it's not that important in pop music, really, to yeah. write your own stuff. They just, for some reason, they have they're hung up on the fact that did you perform it? Can you actually say right? It? You know, and hip hop, it's like, did you write it? Because hip hop is supposed to be about. It's more about your perspective mm-hmm. in poetry form. Did you did you write that? Did you say that? Mm-hmm. I mean, some people like okay, in the events of that of that song, okay, that stuff didn't happen to them, but mm-hmm. they're storytellers too. Yeah, in a way. So you're supposed to at least you at least wrote it down. Yeah, or unless you're Jay Z and you don't need to write anything down. I still find that hard to believe. Yeah, I don't believe that either. I don't. I'm a huge Jay Z fan. I don't believe that. That means he can't. He doesn't. You can't use a pen for anything. You can't sign a check. (laughs) You can't sign a contract. No autographs. You're not writing your own name. 
No, he's like that waiter at the at the store at the um place that's like, I don't need to write it down. I, I got it all up here in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he messes up your order. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's Jay Z. <laughs> so, uh, writing writing your own rhymes, you know, ghost writing there can yeah. can happen. I mean, it's happened like. I think people know by now Dr. Dre does not yeah. write. Well, I mean, rhymes. Dr. Dre came out and said it. Even uh, Snoop Dogg came out and said that he does it now to give yeah. people a shot. Like, he had his shot as a ghostwriter coming up. So, yeah. Well, see, Snoop at least wrote something. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, no, like, but he's saying I now that he's think, famous. He's yeah. big. He doesn't have to, yeah. Yeah, he'll have ghostwriters now. That's fine. But when he was on like, his way up, yeah, he, he Dr. Dre, like no one really looks at Dr. Dre as a great rapper. No. Great producer, mm-hmm. but not a great rapper. Mm-hmm. Like Ice Cube wrote everything for NWA or the or DOC. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of the same as far as like when the Chronic came out. That, did Snoop write all that? Or was it uh was it DOC mm-hmm. or was it uh I don't know, some other guy? I mean, hell, I mean, <laughs> hell, Kendrick Lamar wrote his verse in, in for, the recipe. For the recipe, yeah. <laughs> if you can't tell, listen to the rapping Just styles. listen to it. It sounds like The same Lamar. exact style of rapping each verse. You know, so um, I think it also happened with uh, one thing I, I, I saw him credited as a songwriter. And I listened and then listening back to the song. There's a song by um, by Will Smith called Party Starter. Hmm. It's like this. He sounds like ludicrous. <laughs> I look at the credits. Chris Bridges. Oh God! <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> there it is. You know. Um, so, um, and, and then with uh, with EDM, yeah, with the producer being the star, mm-hmm. it's not the producer doing everything. Mm-hmm. Like uh, David Guetta, he's got to have a team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he I, does. Uh, Diplo. Probably has a team. Mm-hmm. Major Laser has a team. Uh, these guys have teams of people who yeah. put this stuff together. And it, Calvin Harris probably has a team now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so it's not they're the they're the face without having to sing. It's that that that's a hustle right there. Yeah, that's that, a good hustle right there. Yeah, you don't have to sing. And you probably don't have to write anything either. Yeah. <laughs> Just be the name. Basically. Uh, so this kind of thing, when you're saying with Millie Vanilli, while it has, a, it is, it's a major scandal. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really stopped anything. No. Uh, you know, you have to have a certain image. And even though the music video isn't as important as it was. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's still kind of important, but not nearly as much as it was in the eighties and nineties. Right. Yeah. Like it was everything. Like somebody could hear a song and like the song and request the song, have it play on the radio. And this artist has not made a music video. You don't know what they look Mm -hmm. like, but they may look good enough to where they, if they actually got the song made in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) They look good enough to be on social media. They look good enough to be on Instagram and Snapchat and, and to be on the MTV Video Music Awards because that still exists even though music videos are dead for the and, most part. And, and MTV doesn't even play. Yeah, but they still have an award show. <laughs> they have, have an award show. Yeah. Well, that you know, we mentioned a couple episodes ago that uh, Soul Train has an award show, and they, and they don't exist. have a TV show anymore. Uh, so weird. <laughs> so weird to me. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, guys, with, with Frank Farian, this didn't stop him either. This definitely didn't stop him. He tried repeatedly to get uh, Millie Vanilli, there, that kind of that sound going again under yeah. some different names. Uh, he also produced LaBouche. Oh, I love LaBouche. Um, uh, he is also, uh, there was somebody else I saw him produce. Which basically means the mouth in right. French, LaBouche. Um, who else did he he produced for somebody else? Oh, he had a he had a super group which had a lot of guys from Toto on it. Yeah, um, <laughs> produced for Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and but like I said, he did this again, and he's he's more about him. He's like, man, if I could just get somebody to sing my songs, yeah, <laughs> you know, no mercy, it, it was just yeah. basically just one of those guys. But uh, yeah, it's it hasn't stopped. No. You know, there's uh, this was just a story where you he know got caught. I guess. <laughs> well, not that he got caught. He was just it. He was he. Frank Farian came from a place of privilege. Yes, he's German, and if you look at him, you just think, "Oh, it's a, just another white guy." Mm-hmm. So it's white privilege. But what I mean, but with the privilege <laughs> thing is, like he's a producer, he has the clout, mm-hmm. so he could expose everything, and it wouldn't do anything to him. Yeah, it didn't hurt him at all. Uh, it only hurt the people who were involved, like. They tried to come back. I'll I'll play the clip here to where um, let me sure from the Arsenio Hall, but, yeah, from the Arsenio Hall show. So after this came out, um, Millie Vanilli, well, Robin Fab became Robin Fab, but then they uh, they went in Arsenio Hall and had their first live performance with them performing themselves. So this from behind the music is about a minute long. Um, Give it a second, because someone tried to make this a, a little mini movie on YouTube. Please welcome Rob and Fab. Now that they were singing live, they finally got to tell their story to Arsenio Hall. Why didn't you sing in the first place, man? You can sing. First, I want to say to the allowed. audience that uh, <laughs> we don't want to blame or point the finger at anybody. We take the blame on us. And then finally the moment they had been waiting literally their whole career for. The chance to sing live on American TV. A lot of people saw us perform. And I think it was a very good thing because from that day on, some of the guests who came on the show were like, wow. Rob and Fab's comeback album was doomed to fail. The record company didn't have enough money to print records or promote it, and it sold only 2,000 copies. It was the end of the line for Rob and Fab. I didn't believe no more. You know, basically, I was right. There was nothing to believe no more for me. I lost the, the good, the innocence. Yeah. Uh, 2,000? Yeah, two thousand copies. That's that was, and that was probably their record company. <laughs> <laughs> that album literally went well, not literally, but it went wood. Yeah, the album went wood. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I mean, they tried. Yeah, they they and they tried to get away from it, but 
the more that they were out there, I think what, what hurt them is that they never, um, because of what the music business is like, if you're gone for too long, people will forget about you. So in the span of a year, year and a half, they tried to, uh, make this comeback by doing the vocals themselves, putting together an album. There was a, I remember there was a commercial for, uh, it was some gum commercial, but it was, it was, it was them in the commercial and, uh, to where they were like pretending to sing opera. Oh, I remember that commercial. And then the opera, yeah. and then the, the record skipped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, they tried, they made fun of themselves about it, you know? So for that time, they, they tried to approach it by having a sense of humor. Um, and like, okay, we're just gonna, we're going to get back into this. We're going to show that we can do that, yeah. do this. So they were motivated to prove themselves, but in the same, at the same time, they were just digging a deeper hole <laughs> with an album that sold 2000 copies. Right. And- they didn't sound all that great on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Arsenio Hall said that that Fab could sing. Being nice. Uh, he was being nice. Yeah. He was trying to give him a chance. Yeah. Um. You know, we didn't hear uh, Rob singing at all. So <laughs> if you think about it. Um, and then today, you know, people, people who who um, are not familiar, uh, uh, Rob Pilatus died in 1998 from mm-hmm. a drug overdose. Yeah. Uh, Fabrice Fab Morvan, is he still out here? Yeah, just doing He's stuff. still yeah. out here trying, trying to, do to do it. music, yeah. Uh, it's been over 25 years and yeah, yeah, he's, he's still out here trying to do it. Like, I, I see a YouTube video of him Performing a Millie Vanilli song from 2011. Let's see how this sounds. Oh, goodness. Uh, oh, that clap. That offbeat clap. I thought he would got singing lessons. Like he's, I'm sure he's got some sort of money. He could get singing lessons. Or maybe that's after the singing lessons. Ben, he, he's 50 years old, man. Hey, he's been at this for 25 years at least. Still not as sad as Corey chasing this dream. Still not as sad as Corey what, Feldman. Still not as sad. Yeah. <laughs> But still sad, pretty sad. He, yeah, man, it's it, this is so it's so disappointing to where, not to where you don't want to be like, man, just move on, man, do something <laughs> else. Like I want to say that, but just so oh oh the 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 carefree sugarless gum they begin okay. to lip sing opera and the announcer says. How long does the taste of carefree sugarless gum last? And then the record starts to ki- to skip. And then the announcer says, until these guys sing for themselves. Mm. Uh, so, 
they just keep digging this hole, man. And I figure with with Fab being out here, just what I, 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 is there nothing else for him to do? Probably not. No, <laughs> probably. Maybe trying for over twenty five years do to act? try to prove <laughs> to prove himself. I mean, he could act. I mean, he can make some. Uh, He's French, so he could, you know, be in some French films or, or a French soap opera or something, man. Like, or maybe he made a promise that he would. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> made a promise to Rob. <laughs> I'll I'll pursue this. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't I don't know why he's still doing this either, though. But it looks weird. He's still out here, man, and I don't get it. No, yeah, me either. <laughs> Like that, that with that video, where was that? That was 2011, right? That was from 2011, and it was for some concert. And there are a couple of other live clips of him singing Nelly Vanilli songs and doing interviews. Uh, there's a "Where Are They Now?" clip from mm. <laughs> from Oprah Winfrey's channel. Like, what? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what he's trying to do like he's trying to prove that he can sing and people see that name and they're gonna they're gonna pass him over uh, Maybe i'm not saying broke. like 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 i'm not telling him to give up but i'm am asking what is the point maybe he just needs the money like every like a, a quick milli vanilli appearance get a few grand then he can continue to pursue that dream of being a singer i don't know i don't know <laughs> He just makes a quick buck. Like, hey, man, you want to show up at the Troubadour? Sing a couple of Milli Vanilli songs, we'll pay you. What's interesting I will is be that there. he still looks like he's like at the oldest 30. Oh, yeah, he looks very young. <laughs> yeah. But he's 50 years old, guys. He, and he's he's still chasing that dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks he looks like he's a little bit older than me. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got hair. <laughs> so I'm jealous. Uh it's crazy. Like I don't, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish now, but he's still out here. Yeah. He's. I don't know. I. It's it's still so weird to me because. Um. Uh, everyone has gotten past that. I think a lot of people have got have gotten past. They're not. There's not that milli vanilli like uh, yeah. outrage that which. Oh, as we've talked about, I feel like, man, that's kind of fake outrage right there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Who cares? But no, I, I bet you we could get him on the show. <laughs> but he wants us to pay him, though. Look him up on Instagram. Be like, hey, bro, we're just talking about you. Like, you want to come on? But Tell yeah, you a story. He might want us to pay him. Yeah. But um, all in all, I don't think this stopped anything as far as the, the pop music machine or however no. you want to look at it. No, because what, just 10... 10 years later, um, we started to see the rise of the boy band. Or even less than that, really. I mean, with boys, not boys to men, Jesus Christ. With um, New Edition, um, New Kids on the Block, we saw the you know, we saw the boy band craze. And then um, 10 years them, later, it was fully realized. But with them, they did they, what they, how they are better is they were actually singing. Yeah. They didn't do a whole lot of writing. Mm-mm. No. They tried, They did a little bit of writing here and there, probably because mm-hmm. they had to push really hard for it. <laughs> but it was still them. Yeah. It was still them out there. It was their voices. Yeah. And that's the one thing you but can't like take I, away. Like I was saying, like, 
people may like, they may say, Hey, your music sucks. I'm not listening to it or whatever. My little sister likes it or however you want to yeah. say it. But, but people are saying that not thinking it's not actually them singing, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but yeah, it's, I can't believe Fatboy <laughs> is still out here trying to make it. He's, he's, he's telling the wife or girlfriend, look, the band's going to make it. That, that Goldie Oldie <laughs> paycheck, man, is still good. You can still cash it. Yeah, I'm surprised he still has like the permission to do those songs. Oh, I mean, Frank Ferris, he's like, I'm not going to fight him on this one. It's not going to, it's not worth it. He's got other acts to manufacture. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So yeah, it it happened before Millie Vanilli. It's happened after Millie Vanilli, and in some way, it's going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it, not that you know there needs to be any vigilante to expose people. I mean, there probably are. You know, they they write for blogs mm-hmm. or or have their own YouTube channel or whatever. Um. But it's still it's this kind of thing is still going to happen to where. If you have the right look mm-hmm. and someone happens to have a sound that people will will gravitate to, you can sell seven million albums. Yeah. Well, probably in today's age, a million. And then get like a lot of Spotify <laughs> streams, like half a billion Spotify streams. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And then and then uh, you can from there just aspire to be like Drake. Mm hmm. Have a billion Spotify streams, and no matter how many claims there are that you're not writing your own rhymes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you are still out here doing it. And don't end up like Fab. Uh, I, I, that's why I, that, that's part, that's the part that I, that makes it a pop music tragedy to me. Oh, he's still trying. <laughs> he's still out here. Twenty five years. He been chasing this for twenty five years, bro. It's gonna oh pop off. man, <laughs> that's and doing the songs that he actually did not sing, mm-hmm. but he's singing those songs now, trying to prove, to prove himself. Like, you know, I really sung yeah. those. I'm like, no, you didn't. You know, I really sung those, right? No, you didn't. We know you didn't. I mean, we know you sung it this time, <laughs> but that the, you know the first time, no, and it sounded awful. <laughs> yeah, 